Hi, this is John Griffin from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and you are listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is part two of our special edition episode of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is our mock draft uh, edition of the podcast doing picks 17 through 32 you heard picks 1 through 16 yesterday we're gonna finish off the uh the first round um of the nhl draft uh we are bringing back in our mock draft expert brian jennings brian how are you doing i'm doing pretty good about yourself oh not too bad cannot complain uh if i did Eh, it wouldn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't care. We really don't. Right. Um, and that laughing you heard in the background is our publisher, uh, Lou Lafredo. Lou, how are you doing? I'm doing well. And after yesterday's uh, top 16 picks, uh, Brian, I, I would put to you that this is probably one of the most up in the air uh, drafts after the top four. I totally agree. Uh, It's a very deep draft, though. I mean, that's the good thing about it. I know for the longest time I I kept hearing people, well, if there's any one draft you don't want to be trading your first-round pick on, this is the draft. Well, guess what? They've already traded 10 of the first-round picks. So, (laughs) I, you know, there's going to be a lot more movement to boot. Teams wanting to move up and down. But at least it's a very deep draft. So if you have a need and you see a player you like, you're going to go after him. But I can't see teams, you know, trading this year's pick for next year's pick. Maybe if you need one for next year, maybe you do that or if you have an extra pick. But, yeah, this is a very solid draft, very deep, very forward heavy. But now that we're heading into the second half of the draft, you're going to start seeing more defensemen taken. Yep. Here, here's where it's really going to be, you know, uh, all bets off. Everything goes out the window. We are kind of just throwing darts at a dartboard. Um, let's start with number 17. And as you had mentioned, drafts being traded. This goes to the Detroit Red Wings that they got from the New York Islanders via the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Brian, who are they taking in uh, at that number 17 spot? Um, after taking a forward at number nine. I have them taking a defenseman this time around, and I have Russian defenseman Dmitry Simashev. All right. Uh, probably probably the third best defenseman in this draft, if not the second best. Uh, I, I haven't seen as much about Reinbacher as other people have, so I still have my doubts about Reinbacher. But if you're looking for a Russian player to take a chance on, it sounds like Simashev would be somebody worth taking their risk on. Yeah, I mean, his, his size definitely uh, puts him in a, a good spot to be uh, taken there by the Red Wings. Six foot four, 201 pounds. Um, and, you know, his, his numbers, uh, not so bad. Um, as, as a defenseman, uh, 10 points in 29 games um, in the, uh, was that the MHL? So, um, I or, clear, yeah. Yeah. Or, or more, most recently, uh, looks like uh, it was uh, four games played, two points, you know, two assists. Um, but, you know, that size is definitely what you're going to want, uh, especially for a team like the Red Wings, who are going to be looking to to turn a corner next season. Right. And I, I know the, the, the Red Wings could go either way. They could take a risk 
a risk pick on taking Edward Chalet. Um, but I'll tell you what, after the poor production he had this year, I can't see that happening. Uh, Morelli has him taken Axel Sandin Pelica. Um, but the, and the one thing for me, the Detroit Red Wings obviously are not afraid to take Russians. They are more than willing to take a chance on a kid from Russia right now, despite the, the what's going on in the world. And uh, I think they, they're going to look at their defensive core and, and try and shore that up. I think that would, he'd be a really good addition. Yep. Um, Lou, do you think this would satisfy uh, the early needs of the Detroit Red Wings? Lou, I believe you are muted. Uh, yeah, we've got a lawnmower outside. <laughs> <laughs> and my mic picks up everything. Um, sorry about that. Um, so, look, the, the the Red Wings really did just collapse at the end of the season. Uh, well, the, the second half of the season. I thought that they were competitive. Um, I thought they were going to do Lonnie Goldsmith proud uh, over the course <laughs> of the season, but they did just sort of um, they did. They fizzled. Yeah, yeah, they really did. Yeah. They faded at the end of the season. And so this pick uh, that Brian has is, um, I don't, I'm not going to say risky, but um, it is certainly um, outside the comfort zone. Maybe that's the way to put it, Brian. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a good pick. I um, Detroit needs to you know, uh, resolves whatever issues there are up there and, uh, get back to some winning, uh, get back to winning some hockey games. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, uh, shoring up that blue line could definitely put a dent in that minus 39 goal differential they had last season. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like where they're going with that or where you're going with that. Um, all right, let's take a look at pick number 18, the Winnipeg jets, Ryan, what direction are they going? Well, another team that looks like it's going to have a mass exodus. It seems like every day somebody from Winnipeg is leaving, and not not importantly is uh, the goaltender. So you may have a case where uh, you're going to lose a goaltender, but they're not going to take a goalie here. They still have. I don't. I think they're their core four, their big four. Eventually, they'll all get traded, but they're not going to get all tra- traded all at once, of course. And the draft is about the future; it's not about the current. Uh, but this is a franchise that always likes that needs to continue to work on their defensive core. Scoring's never been their issue, but their core defense is. I have them taking defenseman Tom Willander, who I think in real life may get taken a little bit higher, maybe a little bit somewhere between 10 and where Winnipeg takes. So he may not be there when Winnipeg actually picks. But if he, if he isn't, I think he'd be a solid pick for Winnipeg. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, pick number 19, their second pick of the first round, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, you know, coming down after the high of picking up Connor Bedard, getting the pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who are they taking, number 19? Well, the name that I'm going to rattle off is just so happens to be one of Connor Bedard's best friends. And it's, this is about getting as much uh, much uh, talent around Bedard and the people he is comfortable playing with. He probably doesn't deserve to be taken at 19, but because of the connection to Bedard, uh, this pick, is, who they have, is from the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
I had them taking Andrew Castile, left winger. You know, that, that's, uh, that is an interesting pick. And I like the reasoning behind that is uh, you, you just drafted this, you know, who's pretty much going to be your franchise player for the next few years, or at least that's the way it's shaping out to be, right. you know, immediately start putting pieces around him that are familiar. That way it start they start being able to produce on the ice as, as quickly as possible. I do like yeah. that. that that's, that's very solid reasoning. Well, it's the only reasoning I have. <laughs> I think deep down, <laughs> deep down, I don't think he deserves. Again, I don't think he should be taken at nineteen. In fact, I agree with Kimmelman. If they take uh, Gabriel Perot or maybe Braden Yeager, I think their forward core would probably be better off. But again, you're trying to build around um, Bedard, and like I said, Perot is sitting there. I think they should take Perot. But if he's go long gone, who I think he he won't be there at nineteen. Mm-hmm. I think Jaeger will. Jaeger is one of those kids that was expected to go top ten, maybe even top five. But I think a lot of people have kind of soured on him a little bit. I mean, he's a good player, but I just don't see him being a top ten player. And I could see him falling to Chicago. But I, again, at the end of the day, I think it's all about you know helping Bedard with whatever he would be happy with. So I think just why taking uh, Cristal would be a, a, a coup for him. All right. Um, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I love that reasoning. I, I think uh, Chicago is going to try and put everything they can behind Bedard and get him ready as quickly as possible because that's what's going to sell the tickets. Um, all right. Let's take a look at pick number 20, the Seattle Kraken. Um, Brian, who are they taking? Well, I would have never thought in a million years that uh, the Seattle Kraken would be one of the better scoring teams in the league, but they were. So I I really don't see them taking a forward in this case. And I think they're going to take somebody with NHL ties uh, whose father played in the NHL, which was Radek Bonk. Uh, I think they're going to take his son, Oliver Bonk, defenseman. Okay. Um, Yeah, I... I share your surprise because uh, I think at the beginning of the season we were talking on this podcast is we didn't know where Seattle scoring was going to come from. We we, right. we saw it as like a flash in the pan. Early season wrote them off, thinking whatever they're it, it's not going to last. Well, uh, you know, much to uh, you know uh, contradict what we were saying, it did last. Uh, you know, just shy of you know what eleven goals shy of three hundred on the season. Only Edmonton scored more in their division. Um, yeah, so, uh, can't, can't fight that reasoning. I, I, I agree. I think they're going to go, uh, defense, um, Lou in the Pacific division. Do you think that they're, they're going to be stacking up on that blue line or do you think they're going to be, uh, thinking of something else? I, they probably have another, uh, two years, um, to squeeze out of the current, uh, forward core. Uh, in right. Seattle. So Brian's thought process here of going on, going back to the blue line, I think fits well. Um, but I think going forward after this draft um, that I would, I would prefer to see Seattle start picking up uh, younger forwards. Um, now Coachella Valley has a, a decent crop of uh, talent. Mm-hmm. So um, that's okay, uh, but um, they have to be prepared over the next two years, I think. The next right. two drafts, I, I, I would prefer to see them go offense. So, and But I well, like the D. 
Yeah. yeah if, you, if you believe Morelli, they'll probably want Quinton Musty, left winger out of Sunbury. Right. But I, and I'm with you, though. I, I do think they really do need to start looking down the road. Right. Um, but they, they've developed their, their team the more traditional way, obviously, as opposed to Vegas. But uh, I think they need a. The, you always want to start for me uh, with a goaltender out. I can even right. see them taking a risk at twenty and taking a goalie. And I know there's only going to be one goaltender in this draft that's even going to be taken in the top thirty-two. Uh, that would be um, uh, Michael Hrabel. But I don't see them taking him at this high. I, I just I just see them trying to build their blue line. Sure. Uh, but they'll 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 try and make more trades. I think to build up their blue line in the meantime. Because right now, I think they'll leave their forward core alone, and then eventually start worrying about the, the future down the road. But I'm right. with you. Right. They could go either way. I mean, they they they're the expansion team. They got to pick whatever they can pick. Well, also you look at uh, you know the contracts that are going to be expiring. Like Lou said, their their forward core is set for the next at least the next season. Um, and they only have uh, one UFA forward going into next season and two RFAs. Uh, their defense, uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, limited there. They do have one UFA uh, going into next season and, uh, or sorry, at the end of next season and three RFAs on their, uh, in their, on their defensive lines there. Uh, so I, I think uh, trying to bring in some new, uh, defensive blood, even if it might be going to Coachella Valley or if they're bringing it in to, uh, to insert immediately, I think is, is definitely the way they're going to be gearing towards there. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's take a look at pick number 21, the Minnesota wild. Uh, and you had just mentioned him a, a couple of picks ago, uh, Braden Yeager. Yeah. I have them taken some size. Uh, a solid player. I know, like I said, I, I don't think he's going to go as high as initially thought. So I think taking a player like him that said that can fall into Minnesota's lap would be a good thing. Um, and he's going to be surrounded by a pretty good, solid core. Um, they could go defense. I mean, they're probably going to lose at least one of their defensemen in free agency. Um, I just, but I got to think that uh, Minnesota is going to go forward here. That's why I have them taking Brayden Yeager. I know the NHL has both of their people taking uh, Caleb Ritchie, center from Oshawa. So I, I'm sticking with my forward picks and seeing that they're going to take at least a center. And speaking of Caleb Ritchie, um, you have him coming up on the very next pick on your, your yes, mock draft here. All right. Uh, yeah, that's a, a little scary. Um, because they are taking Columbus, but Columbus is going to need forwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, they've always needed it, but yeah, I have them taken, um, at 22. Actually, this needs to be changed because I do apologize, uh, because that's actually Philadelphia's pick at 22 for LA and Columbus. Um, Richie would be a very is uh, listed as a center and a right wing. And since if they're going to take Leonard at right wing. I think they'll try and make this kid a center. Maybe by doing that, they'll move um, Cutter Goche to, to left wing, like his natural position. But the, I think the Flyers would be willing to look at a kid that would go uh, both ways, center and right. Uh, they're, they're, definitely, they're not as, weak, as strong in the center position like they would normally would be. Uh, but I, I definitely take um, them uh, taking Caleb Ritchie. But I could see where... 
If they really want to shore up their left wing, I could see Edward Chalet or Daniel Boot, uh, both left wingers. Um, or if they're going to go the defensive route, I could see them maybe taking a risk on Gulia, the Russian defenseman. Uh, but I, I just got a feeling that there's another defenseman on the U.S. development program that they're probably going to go after, especially if they get one of St. Louis's picks. But mm-hmm. for right now, I have them taking Caleb Ritchie. All right. Um, now, here's one uh, I'd love to get Lou's uh, thoughts on. You have the New York Rangers in the number 20 and the, the 23rd pick of the draft, uh, taking Daniel Boot, as you had just mentioned, um, from Russia. Uh, what What is your reasoning behind that? Um, I just think that their forward core, um, they still have a, a, they probably, with a situation with Patrick Kane, he's not going to be back. Um, I, I can't see him. And even if he did come back, it would only be for another year. But at the same time, I can see they, they realistically, I think they should go for a defenseman. I think they still need to work on their defensive core. So maybe what they're doing here in my case, uh, maybe they're going to go off of, uh, uh just maybe best player available. And I don't, I, now the defensemen are, are falling now. So this is the case where if you're going to take one of the better defensemen under draft, it might be a good time to take one. I just think Richie's kind of be kind of hard to pass. He's a very solid player. Uh, I just think he would be a really good fit in uh, the Rangers. I know Kimmelman has a says center, David Enstrom from Sweden and Charlie Stramble from the University of Wisconsin. So I think that that kind of influence my pick a little bit, knowing that they they're going down the middle. Um, so I think it's more of a best player available thing rather than going for need. All right, Lou, you're well, re- that, utile. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, the Rangers have historically, um, since I was probably first following them, um, focused on the best player possible, regardless of need. Um, so uh, Brian, I, I don't take um, exception to the pick, except that what they really, what I would like to like to see them do is focus on the right wing. Okay. It is the one thing, it is the one position that this team was violently, <laughs> uh, or what, what was the term I heard? Incandescently inept at um, <laughs> this past season. Um, it was at right wing and const- and Gerard Gallant constantly shuffling players in and out. I don't know how anybody ever got chance to settle into a position um, in, in the entire season. Um, the team is not particularly old yet. Um, uh, you know, Zibanejad is still 30. Uh, Trocek will be 30 at the start of the season. I think they are going to make a number of moves. Um, I would still like to see them pick a forward in this spot. And this uh, Strammel, um, I'm sorry, 6'3", 222 pounds coming out of um, – out of the NCAA, out of uh, Wisconsin program. Right. That, that <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just huge, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and if he's a right-handed shot, they could move in the wing. Because right. that's a good size for somebody to be playing a wing. Um, I, and again, I don't, I, I 
I've, I don't think I've ever argued with one of your picks, but um, from a, as a Ranger fan, I, I think I'd like to see them pick up Strummel uh, because that size, yeah. uh, the one thing that happened when they traded away Ryan Reeves, um, some of the stars no longer had that true protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring in a guy that's six, no one is going to be um, messing with him. Right. No one's going to want to take a chance on, on having somebody punch down at them. So, um, right. uh, and with, with that kind of um, weight behind the, <laughs> behind the punch, uh, um, I, I would like to see them pick up that uh, position because I I, I'm not as iffy on the defensive core as you are. Uh, they yeah. did just re-sign Zach Jones to a um, um, a two-year extension. Okay. Um, uh, a cap-friendly two-year extension. So I I would see them starting to look uh, with Peter, Peter Laviolette at, uh, at, as the bench boss. I think you're going to see um, this team get younger day by day on the ice. I agree. And then the thing about Strammel is a, a a really great player, a really good player on a very bad Wisconsin team. Wisconsin yeah. was not very good this year. So yeah. he stood out. So the fact that he was on a very good, on a very bad Wisconsin team, uh, it was easier for scouts to notice him. But right. I'm with you. I, I, I like what you're saying about with Laviolette. Uh, he fits in the mold with, with a Laviolette kind of a team. Uh, but again, I, I look at a team's overall organization and they're always looking to shore up a blue line but at the same time i i totally get what you're saying i yeah. i think getting that kind of size and that kind of skilled player uh six foot three 200 they don't they don't grow on trees you know they're <laughs> they, they're really they're you have to go out and find them right and call it the one thing that college players are they're very good very they're very it's a very physical kind of a even though you don't think college hockey being very physical uh, he is one of the more physical type of player, and I think he would fit really well into New York. Uh, well, I mean, again, if you're looking for right wing, then then obviously Richie would be an option because he can play right wing. But right. I'm with you. I really like Stram. I think that would be a great pick for them as well. Well, that's yeah, Richard. Uh, Sorry. Since you, I mean, uh, I on the draft sheet here, you you have uh, Daniel Boot, uh, who is also he's a left wing, six foot five, two hundred and two hundred and three pounds. Yes, um, I, I have boot there. Um, I know he was also penciled in for maybe going to Philadelphia 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boot is, is somebody who I think uh, he's, he's starting to stand out among the scouts. And in fact, uh, Kemmelman is somebody that, that uh, he's six foot five. So boot yeah. would not, in that same along that same mentality with Strammel, he's somebody that would really fit in along the right wing. Uh, yeah. Now he's listed as a left winger. But uh, he just says he's a big winger. You know, he could play either side, I guess. But at the same, you know, at six foot five, I can't see how the Rangers would pass on him. Yeah, no, that that definitely fits the mold of yeah. of you know what what they would want in a a big winger if that's truly what they need. True. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's take a look at the Nashville Predators and their second pick in the first round. Uh, this one, courtesy of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Brian. Who are they going to take? Um, I've had this player uh, falling for a while because I, I, I think he, I, I don't know if he's 
overrated or just just came off a bad year. But I had them taking Edward Chalet. Uh, a type of he's a player who has a type of skill who could and maybe should be in the top ten. And for them to land a type of a player that would fall to them, uh, Nashville always needs forwards. Uh, obviously, earlier in the, in the draft, I had them taking a left winger, Gabriel Perot. Uh, so I think they'll go uh, still try and work on their forward core. Um, I don't think they'll go defense. I think Chalet would have that kind of talent that they, they won't be able to pass up, um, even though this now it's a different regime taking over now. This is the different well of wax. Uh, so maybe their mentality is still going to go uh, maybe with more skill or more size. I don't, that's, that's a really big question with what, because obviously we know what Pole would, uh, would do for years. I mean, we pretty much know what he was after this draft. I know he's got the home fans and one wants to make a big splash, which is why I could see, the situation where maybe he wants to take one of these picks and make something out of it. But I think with a talent like Chalet, you know, if the, even if the, even though the production wasn't there, the skill is. So that's why I have them taking Edward Chalet, um, where Kimmelman has them taking Guliav defenseman as when Morelli is taking Chalet as well. Yeah. And, you know, a potential, um, you know, further down the road replacement for a, a player they just lost in Ryan Johansson. Um, you know, similar size, um, you know, not sure exactly when uh, he'll be NHL ready, but um, yeah, Sele has, you know, similar size and capability to Johansson. So, you know, potential uh, fill in the roster there. Right. Um, all right. Let's take a look at number 25. Again, we're, we're seeing a, a teams with their second picks in the first round. The St. Louis Blues, this one from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Brian, who are they going to take? Well, that's going to be the big question, and who knows? We may, There may be a trade going on as we talk because, again, these these picks now are the picks that, so, that St. Louis has, but at least one of the picks that they have now uh, and 29 that they got from Dallas and the Rangers uh, – so we got the question which of these picks may or may not go if they go at all. But for right now, St. Louis, I have them take a defenseman, Mikhail Guliov. Uh, I think St. Louis, even though they have a very good defensive core, uh, it sounds like uh, the whole uh, issue with the trade hang-up. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, to remember who who is the Flyers want to do, but they also want to move as well. They want to uh, ask him to remove his no trade clause. Uh, I I think they're going to try and get younger on defense, uh, even though they like I said they already have a, a better defensive core. Uh, they they still want to re- replenish that blue line. Plus they have another forward uh, pick that they could take down the road. But right now I think I'm taking the defense. And uh, again, they're one of those franchises that are not afraid to take a Russian player. So that's why I have them taking Kulia. Mm-hmm. Um Excuse me. Uh, Kimmelman has him taken Lukas Dreisovic, uh, but he's he's playing in the Western Hockey League, and uh, Morelli has him taken Daniel Boot, but uh, I have him taken defense in this case. All right, all right. As we start uh, winding down towards the uh, the the last few teams and the last few picks here in the first round, things are starting to get a little thinner as far as the talent pool in the first round. 
Um, if things aren't so thin for you, especially uh, hair on your body, head over to our friends at Manscaped at manscaped.com. Uh, you can use uh, the URL manscaped.com slash pro hockey news to get 20% off your purchase. Did that one feel forced, Lou? I, that one almost feels no, no, no. forced. No, no, no. I thought that was brilliant. Try, try to slip that one in. I'm, I'm working on those segues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that All was right. Great. Let's, let's look at uh, pick number 26, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, this is courtesy of the New Jersey Devils. Um, Brian, is this the uh, the first goaltender we're going to see? I think it is. I have them taking Mich- uh, Michelle Trable. So I believe he's six foot five. Uh, very solid, big defenseman. His stats doesn't exactly stick out, but his size does. Um, I think he's one. Of, he's probably the only goalie that's probably going to take in this draft. Um, I can see him again if the Flyers end up having to make get extra picks along the way. If the whole Carter Hart's getting traded rumor is true, then the Flyers may end up taking him. But yeah, I have San Jose uh, really in need of, of goaltending help. So that's where I have him going at to the San Jose Sharks. And what in, in a few seasons they'll trade him away so that he can go play in the Stanley Cup with another team? Probably that, yeah, that seems yeah. to be their MO, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, um it'd be a shame for him to go to the Flyers. Um, <laughs> because my uh, so Brian, as you probably know, um <clears throat> Philadelphia is where I think goaltenders careers go to die yeah especially with their defensive core who can't stop you know can't, you know can't stop a, a puck yeah. i mean they talk about for a team that blocks shots they still can't play defense um right. and that team in flux obviously uh, the one negative with about connor hart was the fact that he just uh, was not developed properly. I mean, they called they called him up in his first year of the American Hockey League, and uh, you know they they rushed him, and they really yep. should have never been rushed. That's why I think you know if they take him, you know you take him at your own risk. So they better get a defensive core in front. But in this case with San Jose, uh, I just don't I don't see what what future they have in that, and I oh, just think San yeah. Jose would be a really oh. good fit for them. And, and and Brian, we 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 can save this and should save it for a future uh, episode. But uh, what you said about Hart being rushed, uh, Richard, how many times have I said it uh, since the podcast has been? Uh, well, let me go back to my notes here. here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a lot. Day before, I, day before that. Yeah, um, uh, I think Carter Hart was ruined by uh, sticking him in net way too soon. Um, you know, um, I, th- that's all I'll say about it. And that's, so, that's why his yeah. name is out there in the rumor mill because yeah. Yeah. they don't, they don't know if they ruined him or if, if he just is so predict because they called him up too soon. There's such a book on him and he's such a right, a robotic goaltender. He yeah. definitely is one of those kids. You can see he's been, he's been coached and he's probably been overcoached where, you know, there are days when you watch him and you see his natural ability to take over. Right. But at the same time, um, I, I, you know, he, he, yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, the, if the rumors are true that he's going to get traded, I'm not going to be surprised one bit. But if you're going to do that, you better get somebody. I, I Cal Peterson, I, you know, maybe if he bounce, has a good bounce back year, okay, you got a guy that's going to be worthwhile. But I think it's very telling that they went out and got a goaltender making more money than your starter. 
Yeah. That tells me a lot about Carter Hart, and that's what I think. That's why I think somebody's going to go. Well, the only thing that also right now that is a holdup on the Carter Hart thing is this whole um, investigation into Team Canada that he yeah. was uh, a part of. Uh, it doesn't sound like so far like he was probably not involved, but it's been very tight-lipped. But if he um, is a part of the problem, he's going to get suspended. And I think he, it's going to be a very telling thing with the Flyers going forward. But again, this is about the Sharks. And I think with the Sharks, I, they've got to take somebody goaltending-wise. But yeah, I, I totally 100% agree with you. Yeah. The Carter Hart yeah. thing definitely ruined yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Sorry to uh, sidetrack us. <laughs> take uh, us off the rails there, Lou. No, it, it, it was going to come up eventually. <laughs> right. You know, th- this is this has been my beef, Brian, for years. You know, um, right. wasting wasting perfectly good talent. And Carter Hart was, and I think is a good goaltender. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. All right. The Flyers. Yeah. Well, the, the key is going to be. If where they trade him is, are you going to trade him to a team like Edmonton or Winnipeg, or you know, are you going to take, trade him to a team that has a really good defensive core in front of him, or is he going to languish there too? Because if he doesn't have a really good defense in front of him at another place, it's not going to change. Nothing's going to change. No shame. Okay. Thanks. All right. Let, yep. Let's uh, let's get back to the draft here and pick number twenty-seven. This is one I've been waiting for. I've That's actually what been- I figured. I have been sitting in my my custom sports chair. You know, head over to mycustomsportschair.com. Enter in code PHN15, get 15% off that chair. And uh, this is the one I've been waiting for, the Colorado Avalanche. Who do you have them taking? I have them taking center Ethan Gauthier. Uh, I like uh, going to the forwards. Uh, in this case, uh, Colorado is always looking to build up their front line. Uh, obviously, with Landeskog getting hurt, you don't know what his future is going to be. Um, but so I really like them taking a center in this case. Uh, Kimmelman has them taking Gavin Brindley from Michigan. Uh, again, you can't go wrong taking a kid from Michigan, but he is only five foot eight, and I don't know if if, they, if, Chicago, if Colorado wants to go that small. And uh, Morelli has them taking David Enstrom, uh, who's a really good playmaker. Um, so I, I can still see them adding to the defensive core, but I still think knowing Colorado, they'll go offense. Yep. Um, I mean, at this point right now, um, they, they do have quite a few needs and, you know, anyone that they address, um, it's, it's a positive for the club. Um, they, with Landeskog being out this entire season due to that knee surgery, they could use a little bit more help on the forward line, but also, you know, that with, you know, the whole thing with Eric Johnson, if he's coming back, if he's not, is he going to retire? Um, if he's going to be available, you're going to need some help with the blue line. Um, my, my gut tells me they're probably going to lean more towards defense, um, they are really, really heavy, uh, especially in the farm system with the Colorado Eagles when it comes to forwards. So I think this one, they might lean towards defense. And a, a name that kind of comes out in my mind is uh, Lucas Dravasek or Dravasevic. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Right. Um, I just I, I feel like he would be a good fit. A little small uh, for a defenseman or sorry um, that. Yeah, he's, he's a little small. For a defenseman, if I'm thinking, no, I take that yeah, back. I'm thinking of, he, he's, yeah, he's 6'1", 190. Okay. I, I, sorry, I was thinking of uh, of uh, Morin, who is 
you know, also in the discussion in the same area, he's six foot 180. Um, so he, uh, Dravasevic does win when it comes for uh, size there. Um, sure. So I think that would be probably more the route that they would go for a defenseman would be somebody similar to that. But, um, you know, at this point in the draft, it's, you know, who's available. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, um, all right, let's take a look at pick number 28. The Toronto Maple Leafs taking this one from the Boston Bruins via the Washington Capitals. Brian, who do you think they're going to take? You would, you would think that, that a team like Toronto would, would go defense, but at some point in time, you got to wonder who from the core four they're going to trade mm-hmm. or if they're going to break it up altogether. Obviously, the only person they're not going to trade is Austin Matthews, and they can't afford to trade him. No. Uh, I, I think he'll, I, personally, I think he's a, a leak for life unless he requests a trade out. Um, obviously, I think Nylander is eventually probably going to get traded. I know they keep talking like he's not, but let's face facts, he had a really good year this year. But you can get a boatload back for a Nylander. Um, I have them going forward. I have them taking left winger Samuel Hanzik. Um, yeah, I, I think they still want to work on their forward core because, like I said, of their future. Uh, Kimmelman has them taking Kristal, and but the Morelli has them taking the defenseman Tanner Molinek from Saskatoon. Um, Molinek probably would be a little bit more what they might lean toward. I can't see them taking Kristal even if he falls to him. Um, I think Molinek would probably be a good fit, but I, 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 you know, the fence is always something that Toronto needs to fix. And mm-hmm. it seems like every year that's been always the topic of conversation other than the store core four, but, uh, but Toronto, I just think Mohanzik would have a really good, really good, uh, fit there in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and just looking at, uh, their roster and going into the season that they have 10 UFAs on their roster right wow. now, you, you got to imagine a lot of those are going to be re-signed. Right. Um, but, uh, it looks like they're, yeah, their forwards are in, in a little bit of trouble, uh, because, uh, if I read this correctly, seven of those UFAs are forwards and three are defensemen. Um, so yeah, um, I, I think yeah. I think you're in the the right area there that they are going to be going forward, and I do like that pick for them in the 28th spot um, if he's still available. Um, okay, let's take a look at number 29, St. Louis Blues. Their second pick in what five picks here, or is this? Yeah, uh, I believe this is their third pick. Their third pick. Uh, their second mm-hmm. in in however many did I have here? One, two, three, four. Yeah, like five picks here. Um, this one coming from the Dallas Stars via the New York Rangers. Thank you, Lou. Um, who do you have them taking, Brian? I have them taking left uh, left winger Otto Stenberg. Uh, St. Louis, uh, like I said, they have a pretty decent uh, core defense core, uh, very big, very solid defense core. Uh, obviously, this this whole trade with Philadelphia, notwithstanding, Obviously, we'll have to see if they keep this pick or not. But if they do, I think uh, having a good, solid left winger. Uh, St. Louis is not afraid to go overseas for picks. Uh, they're not as domesticated as a lot of American clubs are. Uh, I think Hanzik would look really, or Stenberg rather, would look really good in a St. Louis Blues uniform. All right. Okay, let's take a look at Pick number 30, uh, their first of the first round, the Carolina Hurricanes 
you know, a little bit of a disappointing season for them. They look to be a, uh, a big favorite in the East falling just short of getting to that Stanley cup, uh, final there. Um, Brian, who do you think they're going to take at pick number 30? Yeah, I, I with uh, obviously things were disappointing, but it's, it's also face facts. They have a couple. If they had a couple of people that were out, and I think it would have made a huge difference in their in what their what happened in the playoffs. <clears throat> this is still one of the better organizations in hockey right now. Uh, well coached team, uh, you know, it's pretty solid up and down the lineup. Uh, but for right now, I have them taking center Danny Nelson. Um, so they they have to continue to work on their forward core. Uh, I know Kimmelman has them going defense, and Morelli has them going Crystal. Uh, I can't see them going defense. They they see and always go for defense, but I, I just think they're going to continue to work on their forward core. And I think you know any player that plays in the uh, United States program would probably be a very good solid pick for that. All right, Lou, you you think them? Uh, you think? Um... The Carolina going any other route? No, I don't. But um, I am just—I've just never been as high on on the Hurricanes as everyone else has been. I will tell I you, that I think the one one thing that that hurts them is they have to make a decision on goalie, and I think that's going to be made next year. If for no other reason, because they have that one Russian kid uh, whose last name I cannot pronounce. No, I've never um, been able to pronounce it. I've never pronounced the Russian names. But like I said, they, they, I think eventually that's going to get solved. But at the same time, they still need more offense. And uh, I can see where they they would rather go with offense and defense at this stage of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, though I, and I can't see them taking a defense or a goaltender, no. even though they, they want to. I think they've already got their goalie of the future. Right. So that's why I think they're going to continue to work on their forward core. Yeah, agreed. All right. Okay, winding down the home stretch here, the last two picks of the first round. Pick number 31, Montreal Canadiens. This one coming from the Florida Panthers. Brian, who are they going to take? Yeah, they did take Will Smith earlier in our draft. Um, and you could make the argument they could go for a defenseman here. But I have them taking left center, left winger, Quinton Musty. Uh, really good player. Uh, I think if he was one of those players that, like I said, he could play either side, whether center or left, and they could, he could help boost their little left side. But again, if they want to keep him at center, they probably would. Um, you, get, you look at kids like uh, a Cole Caulfield, um, you know, they, somebody that could play with him down the road. You know, he's just, the kid's got a ton of talent. I think the follow I don't think he's going to fall to 31 personally. I think he's going to go a little bit higher, maybe as high as like, say, 20 with Seattle, somewhere along those ways. But uh, I, I think at 31, if Montreal sees him, I think they'll rush that card up to the front. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that would be a, um, a solid pick for the Canadians. Um Let's let's wrap this thing up with pick number 32, the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, which direction are they going to go, Brian? Yeah, words I never thought I'd hear. Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> and Stanley Cup champ. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally blown away uh, by this whole thing. I mean, to do it in six years, they're oddly enough a model franchise 
But they, look, they are what I consider the Los Angeles Rams of the NHL because they went all in to win a championship. You know, everything else, you know, you know, be damned. They just decided to go all out and they could do it because they can afford to do it. And everybody in their grandma decided to get, you know, overly smart, give it to some really good players making good money, thinking they, they'd pull one over on Vegas and Vegas would go down the traditional road. But that's not what happened. And they went all in. They did exactly what you think they would do. And uh, I'll tell you what, I did not I did not have them winning the cup. I, they fooled me. I thought maybe they would be another year or two away, even challenged. But uh, hey, they're they're as solid an organization as it gets, um, and I I have them taking another defenseman here. I have them taking Tanner Molinick. Um, they could go forward. Uh, they, in fact, uh, they could go to a goalie as well if the goaltender falls to him. I know uh, Kimmelman thinks Rabel's going to fall to him. I don't, especially if Philly ends up with one of St. Louis's drafts. Uh, Morelli has them taking Danny Nelson, a center. So they're, you know, obviously, in this case, that you know, when you're the Stanley Cup champs, you could pick whatever you want. But I think they would rather, I think they would rather, as a team that's been built from their forward core back, mm-hmm. um, they could use another goalie. But then again, how many goals, goalies do they have now? Five of them. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, four they, goalies, three of them UFAs. Yeah, so they right. could go goalie if Rabel's sitting there. Uh, I think they'll just go after another. You know, solid. But I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Jonathan Quick? I don't think Quick's going to stay another year, though. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to he's he either retire, he'll he'll go back, or he could go to some other team like Seattle that could use a, a, a you know a stable hand. Um, but at the end of the day, I see Vegas taking a for or a defenseman rather. Yeah. No, I, I'm similar mindset here. Uh, they do have a few contracts expiring uh, on their forward lines but nothing you know nothing really of note i mean we expect phil kessel probably not to be uh with the club next year i would guess um and uh, he's he's one of those ufas so right um yeah you, you just don't you don't have a whole lot of uh issues with them going into next season which is uh kind of worrisome for the pacific division and why a lot of these teams are going to have to uh choose wisely coming into the into the draft being able to compete with the the Vegas Golden Knights as we start the season. Um, all right, so that does it for our first round of the NHL draft, the 2023 entry draft, which happens on uh, June 28th. Uh, so tomorrow on Wednesday, you could catch all the action and you can follow us uh, on uh, at, sorry, at ProHockeyNews.com. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a marathon here, boys. Um, so, uh, you can follow the action on prohockeynews.com. Uh, we'll, we'll have all the action from the draft. And, uh, again, we'll have Brian's mock draft up there so you can follow along as well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, how well we do past, uh, pick number five, because I mean, I, I, I have a good feeling, Brian, you did a very good job picking those, those top five. I think those are or solid picks and uh, listeners. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, go back and check out those first five and uh, see what we had to say about those. All right. Parting thought time. Lou, what's on your mind today? I just have one question for each of you. A very simple answer. No explanations. Just, just the answer. 
Uh, Richard, who's your winner of the of this year's draft? The winner of this year's draft. Oh, I, yeah, I'm going to go Coyotes. Brian, who is your loser of the draft? Who's my loser of the draft? Yeah. Uh, anybody without a first-round pick. <laughs> really. <laughs> okay. Anybody who doesn't have – look, if you if you traded away your first-round pick for this, year, uh, this year's draft for a future, yeah. I, hope you got, I hope you got something really good because this is not – again, <laughs> and I do agree, this is not the draft you should have been trading away your first. Right. This is the draft you probably should have held on to it. Right. Maybe uh, at, you know moved up a little bit. Um, I think anybody who didn't have one is going to be regretting it. That's why I think you're going to see a lot more movement for teams trying to move back into the first round. Right. Um, but I, I think any losers, anybody without a first round pick, this was not the, the the draft to do it. First in future drafts, next couple drafts, um, it's not they're not going to be bad drafts. But I think this is one of those drafts where the the good news is the second round is not going to be bad. So if you Whoever's going to be falling in a second, somebody's going to get a very good player. This sure. is a very yeah. good draft. If you're sitting at second round, don't tear up too bad because I think you're going to fall. To some, somebody's going to fall to you really good. That's going to be really good. Right. It happens every year right. because the draft never goes the way we all say it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's True. no such thing as anybody picking the draft. I mean, you know, T T B N T S N rather doesn't get every pick right. We don't get every pick right. Every they just it's just the way it is. Uh, yeah. But this draft is going to go depending on how Mishkov goes. It's going to be depending on how the defensemen go. It's going to be a very interesting draft, and I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, my winner is uh, also uh, the Arizona Coyotes. I think they come out come out of this doing well. So that's yeah. it for me. That's my thought. <laughs> and they have a they have a ton of picks. So if you if they can't do well in this draft, they're never going to do well. Right. <laughs> All right, Brian. Uh, after your subtle, subtle shot at the uh, Boston Bruins, there, um, what's on your mind? Uh, my mind right now uh, would probably be uh, getting through the next week is a very good hot, human week. So I'm going to enjoy my last week of freedom before I start my new job next week. So right now, my my we are just getting everything in in, in order and. Yeah, you know, getting my T's crossed, my I's dotted, and uh, enjoying life for the next week. Good. All right. Um, I would like to end with a uh, congratulations to uh, my dad, who, um, after 53 years, has finally received his medals from Vietnam from the U.S. Army. He submitted uh, back in 2020 to receive uh, the commendations that he that he had earned while serving in uh, Vietnam, and today. He finally got those, uh, you know, awarded to him. He now has those medals in his possession. So well, congratulations. Congratulations. Very big, and, uh, and, uh, thank you, Dad, for your service. Thank you to everybody uh, who has uh, served in the armed forces. Thank you for your service. Thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your routine. Thank you to Brian Jennings for joining us again for the uh, our mock draft episode. Um, Lou, thank you for, for helping me orchestrate all this. And uh, thanks to all of our sponsors, LDE Affinity Jewelry, um, My Custom Sports Chair, the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store, and to Manscaped. Uh, Listeners, thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Pro Hockey News Podcast.